Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hey there, Greggy. Yeah! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on, bud? How are you doing, Greg? Doing all right. Doing all right? Yeah, a nice little spry smile on your face. I do. I'm all right. Been better. You know, I feel today kind of the opposite of when we were together when Eli Manning got benched. And I, now I would love for Eli Manning to get benched, but I made us come on here on the air for a special Redux episode of the BFFs. Just so I could stare at a camera and vent my frustration. And it wasn't the fact that Eli was going to be benched, but they benched him for Geno Smith, who clearly never had a, you know, never had a future with the Giants. It wasn't a long-term answer. And today, with the New York Jets naming Adam Gase the head coach, I feel like you feel kind of similar to me. So what I want to do is exactly what you did to me. I'm going to turn my mic off. I'm going to shut up and listen. And then I'll, uh, I'll chime in when you're done. So please, let's go to camera three here. Take it away, Frankie Stample. All right, if you were watching the morning after, you got a little preview of what's about to happen. I'm going to give you my thoughts on Adam Gase going to the New York Jets. You saw me on Twitter last night. I'm not very happy. Uh, it was one of the worst nights, I would say, as a sports fan, legitimately. And look, the guy hasn't done anything yet with the Jets. But what we've seen out of him from Miami is you replaced one coach in the AFC East who had a below 500 record over the past four or five years. You replaced him with another coach from the AFC East who was 23-25. and 25. Five of those wins came against the New York Jets. That must be the reason why they signed him. Yeah, he could beat the Jets. Everyone beats the New York Jets. You take those five wins away, he's 18-25. and 25. The Miami Dolphins needed Adam Gase most this year. The team was 7-6. and six. Primed to go on a run, try and make the playoffs, surprise the world, right? They lose to Minnesota 41-17. They lose to Jacksonville. The Jaguars that had given up on the season. 17-7 at home. You lose to the Buffalo Bills. Within the division who he's also going to be playing with the New York Jets. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, 42-17. to I just don't understand why this guy is, continues to get jobs based on Peyton Manning throwing for 55 touchdowns with him as his offensive coordinator. He's Peyton Manning. He doesn't need an offensive coordinator. Peyton Manning would get a play call to him. You know what he would do? Omaha, Omaha. Check at the line. Call whatever he wants anyway. He threw 55 touchdowns. He threw over 5,000 yards. That, that's not thanks to Adam Gase. 
we have clowns on Twitter. The Jets beat. This is a great hire. This is a quarterback whisperer. This is a guy who can develop quarterbacks. Somebody show me. Somebody show me when he developed a quarterback. I asked, you know, Corey on, on the morning after. He said, you know, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler played pretty well. Jay Cutler threw for 3,600 yards and 22 touchdowns. Give me, give me his passer rating. Well, he had a 93.5 passer rating. The best of his career. What does that mean? Adam Gase could develop a quarterback because Jay Cutler threw 22 touchdowns and 11 interceptions? He got Jay Cutler to throw more touchdowns than interceptions. And this is what makes Adam Gase a quarterback whisperer. He helped, helped Peyton Manning throw 55 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. This was the biggest hire in Jets history. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. If you want to call him a franchise quarterback, yeah, he helped a team win a Super Bowl in 1969. Look at his numbers. He wasn't very good. He helped the team win, sure. He wasn't good. This team hasn't had a franchise quarterback in 40, 50 years. They finally have one, Sam Darnold. Biggest hire in Jets history. You hire a coach from Miami who just went 23-25 and 25 over three years, you're going to sit here and tell me he never had a quarterback? He's supposed to develop the quarterback. That's, that's supposed to be his thing. Even if you want to throw records out the window, right? You want to look at what he does as an offensive mind. Manish Mehta, you got the creative offensive mind that you need, Jets fans. Don't even put this guy's name in the same sentence, the same paragraph, the same essay as Sean McVay. This is from Rich Samini. Cumulative stats while with his time in Miami. 27th in scoring, 31st in yards per game, 19th in yards per play, 28th in total QBR, 25th in red zone efficiency, 29th in point differential. With the biggest hire in Jets franchise history, this is who you go out to get and develop Sam Darnold. This is the guy that's going to take you to the next level. The guy that pushed Jarvis Landry out of town. Great offensive weapon. What did they do after that? Kenny Stills? Yeah, he had a great year. Kenyon Drake? The most dynamic offensive playmaker for the Dolphins? What did he do this year? Got, got out-touched by Frank Gore, 35 years old. Not to mention, I haven't even got to the media yet. How is this guy going to react to the media? Vona, if you, if you can cue that up. Th- this is how he responded when they were asking him questions about Ryan Tannehill's injury. How's he going to respond when, you know, people are questioning him when he gets off to an 0-6 start? Vona, hit me. I don't know. I think there's some kind of, like, hippo law or something like that. I mean, can't talk about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't sit there and ask him all these questions, and I just know the guy couldn't go today. All right? Go ask him. I'm tired of answering this question about this guy. I got it, but you know what? I'm, I'm over it. Me and him, we, we know that he's not right right now. Okay? The details of it, we'll keep that to us. You guys don't need to know that. It's great. He has a great relationship with Ryan Tannehill. He's going to work wonders with Sam Darnold. Last night, coming out, Sam Darnold FaceTimed with Adam Gase. had a great conversation. Peyton Manning called. Peyton Manning called. Chris Johnson, Mike McCadden, vouched for Adam Gase. He also did the same thing when Adam Gase was about to sign with the Miami Dolphins. Didn't work. Didn't help. You know, Peyton Manning could have called last night or, or the other day, whenever he called. He could have called and, and told Chris Johnson and Mike McCagnon, you know, 
Ron Jeremy's good at his job. Why don't you bring him in? They would have done it because Peyton Manning told them to do it. You have Matt Rule, who at Baylor and Temple turned, a, turned around programs. You want to look at his, his record overall? It wasn't great, 36-40. and 40. But look at what he did. When he inherited the Temple program, 2-10 and 10 in his first season. By the time he leaves there, 2016, they're 10-3. He inherits the Baylor program, first season, 1-11. Very next year, 7-6. All right, the guy hasn't coached up a quarterback. He actually has coached both sides of, of the football. He's coached defense. He's coached offensive lines. The leader of men. Give that guy a shot. You don't hire him because he wants to bring in his own staff. That's what head coaches do. He wanted to bring in a staff from the college ranks. Mike McCagney didn't like that. Chris Johnson didn't like that. They wanted him to sign who they wanted him to sign. Instead, we get Adam Gase and, wait for it, Dwell Legains. The past two guys that these coaches worked under were John Fox. It was John Fox in Chicago. Why is he out of the league? Why were we talking about him as a dinosaur? He's gone now. Everyone's trying to find Sean McVay, and, and we're, we're hiring 40-year-old John Fox. And his, whatever, jockey, Dwell Legains. Everyone on Twitter last night, anyone who knows anything about football, right? Real smart dudes, Evan Silva, laughing at the Jets. All these guys at Roto World, laughing at the Jets. Everyone's laughing at the Jets. You take a failure in Miami, and you put them in New York. What do you think Bill Belichick thinks right now? Everything, like it's, a, it's a carousel in the AFC. It's a, it's a carnival. Rex Ryan leaves the Jets, goes to the Bills. Adam Gase leaves the Dolphins, goes to the Jets. It's just, it's ridiculous. And you know what? More than anything, Greg, there's politics behind this. Like everything in the world, anywhere that you go, there's politics, right? Mike McCagnan doesn't sign McCarthy. This is me. This is me speculating, right? He doesn't sign McCarthy because McCarthy has more clout than McCagnan, right? So if McCarthy comes in and they fail, McCagnan's gone because they trust McCarthy more because he's done it before. You don't trust a GM who's 24 and 40 in his career with the Jets who drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round. You don't trust him. You trust the guy, Mike McCarthy, who won a Super Bowl with the Packers, who developed Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I love Matt McCarthy because if you, uh, Mike McCarthy, because if you listen all week, I didn't love him. Like him more than Adam Gase. If he comes in and doesn't perform, Mike, McCagn- Mike McCagnin's out after year one. And then McCarthy and Chris Johnson together, they try and find a GM together. Whatever. Chris Johnson doesn't know what he's doing either. I mean, he's, he's filling in as part of the ownership because Woody Johnson is out there doing whatever Donald Trump wants him to do, which I'm not even gonna get, I don't even know anything about that. Maybe you can ask Greg about that. I don't know anything about that. But it's clear they don't know how to hire a head coach. Because you get Todd Bowles, and now you get... Adam Gase. And you have all these guys in the media pumping it up too. Adam Gase is another Hugh Jackson. That's exactly what he is. Hugh Jackson. Nobody in the media will say a bad word about Hugh Jackson. Like, he has friends all in the media. Everyone wants to like, all these people in the old guard want to talk up Hugh Jackson. They do the same thing with Adam Gase. Go on Twitter. The only people who are saying bad things about Adam Gase are the people who don't have to deal with him. Guys like Evan Silva and guys who are forward-thinking NFL analysts right now, fantasy football analysts who know where the game is going right now, 
They're laughing at the Jets. Everyone else? This is a good hire for the, for the Jets. Adam Gaze, the quarterback, he's going to do a great job with Sam Darnold. When? When did he do it? When did he do it? Greg, I'll open it up to you right now. The last thing I'll ask you. If you needed to have surgery, and, and the doctor you were going to had failed two surgeries in a row, but everyone else you talk to tells you how great this guy is, are you going to go get a surgery from that guy? Not great, Bob. And what does it mean for their fantasy value? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Look at the Dolphins, what they've done. I, I read you the stats. What does it mean for their fantasy value? I'll tell you what it means for their fantasy value. 27th in scoring over the past three years. 31st in yards per game over the past three years. This past season, they ran the fewest offensive plays in the NFL. They were the slowest team in terms of pace. So what does it mean for fantasy value? You could kiss Chris Herndon goodbye. He's probably going to be dealing with a suspension because he pled guilty to a DWI. They'll probably bring in, I don't know, they'll bring like Dallas Clark out of retirement. Make him the starting tight end over Chris Herndon. Promising young tight end. Robbie Anderson, he's gone. To be fair, Chris Herndon was arrested for a DUI. He was suspended, but that's okay. I just said that, Greg. Well, I understand that, but like, that's why they're going to send Dallas Clark. Yeah, for two games. That's but then he's going to start the rest of the season. Yeah. They're not going to get Le'Veon Bell now. Why does Le'Veon Bell want to play it under Adam Gase? So they could bring in Frank Gore and give him more work, too? Just embarrassing. Just embarrassing on so many levels. They did this because, you know, McCarthy probably wants some... Power over personnel decisions. They came out the day after the season ended and said, we're still going to have this power structure where everything reports to Mike McCagnin and Chris Johnson. Yeah, let's not do anything different because that's gotten the Jets so far over the past couple of seasons. Let's not do anything different. Everything reports to Mike McCagnin and Chris Johnson. Quarterback whisperer. Thank you for whispering that to me. <laughs> it's a joke, Rick. I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know what time I fell asleep. I don't know how much sleep I got. Is that crazy? I don't think so. The only way I could describe this to you was, imagine the Giants right now fired Pat Shermer and re-signed Ben McAdoo. That's the only way that I can put this into words to try and make you understand how I feel. This was the worst possible candidate. The worst. I want someone to call in and tell me how this is good. Anybody. If you're a Jet fan, a football fan, which quarterback did he develop? There's no evidence. And you have guys like Manish Mehta pumping this stuff out. Great hire. Rejoice, Jet fans. You finally got it right. What did they get right? Who did he develop? If he didn't develop anybody, then can the media stop calling this guy a QB whisperer or he has the ability to develop a quarterback? He hasn't done that. Just because he got 22 touchdowns out of Jay Culler doesn't mean you developed a quarterback. You didn't like Ryan Tannehill? Then draft a quarterback and develop him in Miami. Oh, you, Greg. Sorry, Frankie. I'm sorry you're upset. Let's go Chargers. I believe you once told me that if Adam Gaze became the head coach of the New York Jets, he would no longer be a Jet fan. Just saying. I want to burn my Sam Darnold. How does this work? How, how does it work? Dwell the games. I thought you pronounced it like... I don't, it, I don't know. Whatever his name is. Who cares what his name is? He actually interviewed with the Giants head coach at one point and offensive coordinator. Here's how I feel about Adam Gaze. Here's my issue. Besides literally everything you mentioned. When 
retreads are hired as head coaches. There's a reason, theoretically, right? Like they learned something from the last time they were a head coach. They've grown up. From the looks of things, I don't, I don't know that Adam Gaze has, has learned anything. When you hire a head coach immediately after they get fired, it, it doesn't usually work out. Yeah, you can absolutely point to Andy Reid, and I understand that. Andy Reid is the rare exception to the rule. But when you point out a guy like uh, a Bill Belichick, you want to point out a guy like Pete Carroll, you want to point out plenty of other... Uh, Pat Shermer, talking about the Giants, right? There's a lot of space in between when they were head coaches. Rex Ryan was hired by the Bills days after the Jets fired him. He worked out miserably. Why? Because he didn't learn anything. He was just stubborn. And all I have seen from Adam Gaze is that he is stubborn. He's going to do what he wants. He's bringing in the same offensive coordinator, potentially the same defensive coordinator. What's changing? What is going to be different between his stint in Miami and his stint in New York? You want to say the quarterback? That's fine. Maybe he will develop Sam Darnold. That's the only reason he's here. And if he doesn't, it's a massive, massive failure on the part of the New York Jets. I'll give you some more reasons why I don't like it on the other side. But first, before we do that, Dr. Ray of Inside Injuries will join us. Stick around. More from the Fantasy Best Friends Forever right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621 fantasy sports today McAdoo was, it was seemingly ill-equipped to be a head coach he didn't know how to run a press conference without embarrassing himself but how do we know that Gase, like Gase has done this for what like he's been a head two, coach three for years? three years it's the first head three coach years that in the, Miami it's the first head coach that the Jets have hired since Bill Parcells that has had any previous head experience. coaching experience it's the first offensive minded head coach since what's up Rich Kotite not a great transition <laughs> you know he's better than Rich Kotite who lasted uh, only the two years weekdays 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY radio and on your popular podcast providers with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You hear the noise in the background. That's our good friend from Inside Injuries. It's Mr. Dr. A. Mr. Dr. Hopefully he's not blue. What's going on, Doc? 
What's up, guys? I think I'm having uh, some micro, uh, some audio video problems again. Can you guys hear me? We hear, oh, we you. hear you. That's we, fine. we certainly can hear you. Can you uh, I'm not blue. I'm just not on camera for some reason. I thought we said we. <laughs> I thought we were told we had we had Doctor I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. You don't have me on video. I can't see myself either. Maybe I think it's something wrong with my camera. All right, so let's 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 try to call Doctor Ray back, maybe, and we'll we'll try to get you back in one sec, Doc. Um, in the meantime, I want to remind you that the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finishing probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tips, subscriber chats, and more. And in order to head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter the promo code GOP19 for a 10% discount. Dr. Ray, you there, my friend? I'm here without a video, so... Hey, well, uh, we see you. Oh, now oh, Dr. You Ray's black and white. I like it. Oh, like there a little vintage feel. I don't know. Every time, I like it. Every time we get dog, it's something new, but you know what? I'll say this. <laughs> it's better than blue. It's better than Adam Gaze. It's better than... <laughs> yeah. looks, All right. I kind of think he looks good, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Doc, as we turn back the clock to 1960, um, I, gotta, I have to ask you, I know a lot of these players that are on, um, on today's sheet we've talked about before, but now yeah. it's all real, right? Like, now they're playing. And uh, Jim Sonis over at NumberFire.com, uh, our buddy, he said, hey, kind of like Sammy Watkins as a value play this week. And I'm like, you are a masochist. You want to burn money. What is wrong with you? Sammy Watkins practice this week. There's a chance he plays this weekend. How effective will he be? Yeah, so from all of his original injuries that he's had, uh, especially with his foot, uh, you know, he injured on week nine, he missed week 10, he returned week 11, and he got hurt again. And then the good news is that there's no stress fracture or any full thickness ligament or tendon tear, so that's good. So he finally recovered from, from this particular injury. He's back up to peak HPF. So he's at 82%, which is peak in our book. Uh, unfortunately, he's at 23% chance injury risk. So it's w- almost one and a quarter of sustaining another injury in the next game. But he, uh, if, if you're just talking about recovery from the current injury that he has, he has recovered. So you know, uh, if you want to flip the, you know, roll the dice with him, um, the only thing you have to worry about is his, uh, is him picking up another injury, uh, the same one or, you know, another injury in the next game. It's one in a four, one, one and a quarter chance. All right, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. We're going to have the BFF contest on FanDuel. Sammy uh-huh. Watkins will not be in my lineup. Really? You feel like you, you could put him in. I feel like you might put him you know, in. You know, they're expecting snow in Kansas City. I did not know that. That could affect the passing game, obviously. Could affect the kicking game as well. So well, Damian Williams being in your lineup, um, maybe. Right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't looked that far into it yet, but Sammy Watkins probably not going to be one of them. Even when he was in the lineup this year, you know, he was pretty inconsistent, a little bit touchdown dependent. It was hard to predict when he was going to go off and when he wasn't. Pretty much standard Sammy Watkins. But Doctor, let's let's move on to another player that will likely be in a lot of lineups this week. That's Todd Gurley, who has been limited this week in practice due to this knee injury. Now, he sat out the final two weeks of the regular season. He had the week, the bye week to get healthy as well. So we're now looking at three weeks where he got to rest, but 
Now, Sean McVay has already come out and said, you know, you'll probably see some of Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Uh, do we expect Todd Gurley to get the full workload, and how healthy is he at this point? Yes, and yes, he's healthy. So the uh, everything is pointing very good for Todd Gurley. I feel like the you know the uh, Rams have listened to us uh, over the last several weeks. Um, you know, we we recommended him sitting out and resting, uh, and that's resulted in great numbers for him. He's at low injury risk at 11%, and he's at peak health above 84%. Um, so he's fully recovered in our opinion. And all of this sort of limited practice, etc., is just precautionary. They need this guy to be at his peak performance you know when he takes and when he steps onto the field so Todd Gurley has recovered according to our according to our algorithm from this grade two knee injury because they've they've done everything that literally we have said to you guys on the air uh, in order to get him back you know to these types of metrics so he should be really good to go that's obviously fantastic news Todd Gurley himself has said he's not a hundred percent. Dr. Ray, you, you've obviously said he should be ready to go. I've told you this, Frankie. He's going to get a full worker. He's going to do his thing. I'm not worried about Todd Gurley. So you're not. You're also not worried about C.J. Anderson getting worked in a little bit more than no. usual because normal procedure for the Rams running backs would be Todd Gurley gets the ball 20 to 25 I, times per game. Malcolm Brown, he got it like five times a game. And I think that's what you'll see. $9,000 price tag on FanDuel. So obviously the highest price running back. You have Zeke right behind him, and you have Alvin Kamara right behind him as well. Uh, it's just a big price tag. Price tag to pay in this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. It's interesting. Both Gurley and Mahomes, I believe, uh, priced at $9,000 this week. So the two most expensive players on the board are Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley. We're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries back in the 1960s here. And the other big-name player that is banged up this week is Melvin Gordon, who's battled some knee issues towards the end of the season, missed a couple of games, came back, hurt his other knee, uh, played in the wild card game, hurt the knee again, missed a couple of plays, came back, has not practiced yet this week. What's going on with Melvin Gordon, Dr. I? Yeah, uh, this is stay away from Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, message. Um, you know, he's at 34% chance of sustaining another injury. He's at 43% HPF. And so, you know, he's just, he, he, Melvin Gordon has, in our opinion, you know, sort of been mismanaged uh, in that sense. And, you know, there's, with this MCL sprain and then the ankle injury and then the exacerbation and worsening of and, and reactivation of all these injuries throughout this, whole season um you know it it really right now even from this injury we he shouldn't be playing in this game um and he's going to play and he's trying to get a, he's going to get on the field but 34 percent chance of injury risk is just way too high for me to take him i don't know about you guys but it's 34 percent. that's pretty high the chances that he gets banged up one in, again one in three chances Correct. every time he touches the ball that you know he could get dinged up and you know have to leave the game will it be permanent uh, it is definitely risky, I will say. You know, if you're playing in like GP, GPPs or tournaments, he's $7,400. So, on a per game basis, when he plays, he's pretty much right on par in terms, or maybe a little bit behind in terms of production with Todd Gurley and Zeke. He's he's a little bit behind, but the the salary is way 
way down. And I have to so think the you're saving like thirteen, fifteen hundred dollars. It just depends how risk averse you are when it co- comes to setting your DFS. Correct. Account. I mean, this is a guy that may win you a million dollars this weekend by playing him and having him go off. Right. These are the type of guys uh, that you put in there that definitely has risk involved, but he could uh, pay off in huge dividends. You asked me about C.J. Anderson a second ago playing with Todd Gurley. I'm much more concerned with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson's role, given how banged up Melvin Gordon clearly is. And playing the Patriots, you know the Chargers are going to be secretive. I'm staying away from Melvin Gordon this week. I, I guess I am more risk-averse than, than some other people would be. Yeah, and it's going to be super cold in that game. I think the weather, they've kind of backed off the snow. Cleared off of it, yeah. yeah. It's, not, mm-hmm. it's not going to snow in that game, but it is expected to be sub-30 degrees out there in Foxborough. So probably a lot of, uh, I think you could expect a fair amount of run game on both sides of the ball here. Uh, Doc, let's go back to, uh, to that Cowboys-Rams game. I want to ask you about Cowboys wide receiver Cole Beasley Remains sidelined at practice through Wednesday. Yesterday, I haven't seen a practice report from him yet today. He's dealing with an ankle injury, uh, which limited him in the previous game against the Seattle Seahawks. But I want to bring up Cole Beasley. While he's not a flashy name, from a personnel perspective, he might have been a guy that you wanted to target for DFS, Greg, because on the outside, you have those strong cornerbacks with the Rams and Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. Maybe the place that you want to target is the middle of the field with the Dallas Cowboys offense, which is where Cole Beasley usually roams. So, What's the latest on Cole Beasley, Doc? Yeah, so Cole Beasley, grade one ankle sprain, um, requires two weeks of optimal recovery time. Um, Obviously, that puts him into the conference championship round, not uh, here in the divisional playoffs. And so, you know, we're recommending that he does not play in this game from a medical standpoint. Uh, You know, right now his numbers aren't that great. It's 54% and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, 20% injury risk and 54% uh, his HPF. So he's nowhere near, you know, 100%. And, you know, this is is an injury that can ease easily be, you know, go up to catch a ball, land on the ankle a little, uh, tweak that ankle again. It's a lot easier to tweak when it's already injured. And then boom, you know, he's not playing the rest of the game. So this is a, uh, this is a sit situation uh, from, from medically speaking standpoint. Uh, and he should be ready to go in the conference championship round if they make it. Interestingly enough, the guy that potentially would benefit the most without Cole Beasley in there. And I think he will be, I think he's going to play because it's the playoffs and they'll push through it, especially a guy like Beasley. But if he is limited or he does sit this one out, the guy that normally would most benefit is probably Blake Jarwin, but he's battling his own injuries right now, Doc. What's up with the Cowboys tight end? Yeah, so Blake Jarwin is almost the identical. You just hit a record button, I'll say the same thing, you know. So it's grade one ankle injury, same thing. Although, you know, tight ends don't necessarily, uh, you know, ankle injuries to them are not as common as, um, uh, you know, wide receivers. So that's something going for him. Also, he's nowhere near the injury risk of, uh, um, you know, Cole Beasley. Uh, He's at uh, 12 to 13 percent so 11 percent or less is is low injury risk uh, as opposed to Beasley who's 20 uh, percent plus and so you know uh, Blake Jarwin is going to play even though this requires another week of healing he's still going to play and he's his numbers do look a little bit better than Beasley's so maybe we see an uptick in targets for a guy like Amari Cooper while they might not be efficient targets it sounds like everyone else in the passing game is banged up I mean we, we saw what happened to Alan Hearns last week gruesome, gruesome injury, so he's not going to play. And then Cole Beasley seems like he's going to be limited, uh, something to to a similar extent when it comes to Blake Jarwin. So maybe Amari Cooper does see one of these big uh, target shares again, like 10 to 12 targets, but albeit if he's covered by a keep to leave, they won't be very efficient targets. Uh, with that, Doc, there's only so many players we could talk about. There's only four games left uh, in the NFL playoffs. Just 
outside of these injuries, there's really not much else to talk about. Uh, the next player I'm going to ask about is not playing this week. I mean, even if Keith Butler, the Steelers' defensive coordinator, thought he was playing a couple of weeks ago, he wasn't. He's been out for quite a while. It's Tyler Eifert. Just want to get an update on Tyler Eifert because you know people kind of laughed at him at the start of the season, like during draft season, they scoffed at the idea of taking Tyler Eifert. He was still pretty useful for fantasy when he was on the field, but I totally understand if you just want to like laugh at me and not give an answer. That's <laughs> well, no, I mean he suffered a grade four ankle injury, which is a fracture dislocation. I mean uh, these can these can take twenty weeks to come back from or forty five weeks to come back from. You know that's how you know it depends how many how many things were fractured, how what the healing process is, what's the you know how well did surgery go, how. Um, you know, is there any post-operative infection or anything like that? I mean, there's so many things that go into this. Um, you know, he's had, uh, you guys know the lengthy injury history he had, but I will tell you, three back surgeries, uh, knee surgery, left ankle surgery, concussions, and an elbow surgery, all in the last three and a half years. <laughs> and so... Uh, he'll be a free agent entering into the 19 season, and he wants to play. But, um, you know, right now he's nowhere near fully recovered, probably looking at at least mid-March uh, and possibly mid-April to where we can really truly see his numbers get back up to uh, shape. But, you know, 38% injury risk, uh, he'll, he'll be in the 30s when he's a free agent. So it'll be very, very difficult for me to see him pick up a lot of money on the free agency market it would it, a team would really really have to be rolling the dice with him you really need tyler Ivor to have a year healthy before anyone really trusts him and we just haven't seen that even though he was you don't think he signs this offseason to join someone's team no no he's going, a free agent now i uh, know no, i know that yeah, yeah. he's going to before you say a, a contract that he's probably gonna think he's worth he sent a yeah. one-year deal last well, he'll year get a one-year prove-it deal again which is what he did when he re-signed with cincinnati this past year you know ultimately i feel bad because he was productive in september and he usually is productive when he's on the field it's just very rare when he is on the field you heard all the injuries from doc i mean this guy's a bionic man it, it sounds like he's held together by uh by some you know by some scotch tape you look at you look at a guy like gronk i mean the guy is running around he's got a brace on every single i don't even know how he's running like he, Arm breeze. He looks like the Terminator. It's crazy. I mean, Tyler Eifert's pretty much on the same level. We're talking to Dr. A of Inside Injuries. We want to return our attention now to the NBA. And um, for us, Frank, you we played DFS the last couple of nights. Uh, and in both nights, Frankie, you have stacked all of the Suns players because without Devin Booker, that means DeAnthony Melton, TJ Warren, Josh Jackson, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, last night, Recon Holmes, my man, Rashawn Holmes, right? Like, all of their numbers just go up. But how long, Doc, can we expect Devin Booker out for Phoenix? Yeah, uh, we're looking at January 19th is his recovery. Uh, so we're, we're about nine days away. Right now, his injury risk is way high at 44%. Uh, so that needs to go down to the teens uh, before we feel comfortable that he should be back in the game. But really, it's at least January 19th. Um, he has a grade one back. And, you know, these back injuries on these tall players, you really have to be very careful with them to make sure it doesn't result in anything worse, like a disc herniation or uh, something like that. And so even though it's good that he missed the last two games he's likely going to miss games all the way through january 19th and maybe a little, maybe a few days after that but what we're looking at is probably last week of january doc usually greg likes to ask himself his questions for himself i'm going to do that right now <laughs> uh, because i have demarcus cousins stash on the ir in one of my season-long fantasy leagues uh, you know the awaited return of demarcus cousins now playing out there in the bay area with the golden state warriors a move that a lot of people did not like 
trying to think of another basketball player outside of Kobe Bryant who has suffered a torn Achilles and returned from it. No one's really, you know, ringing in my head right now. And Kobe was a lot older when it actually happened to him. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, only 28 years old, targeting a return date of January 18th or 21st this month. Is that a smart decision, Doc? Uh, do the algorithms say that he's had enough time to recover and, and be 100%? From this injury specifically, it has completely healed. It's a 90% HPF right now, um, and and that's fine. Like you said, a big man with an Achilles, full thickness, complete Achilles tear on that side. You know that the other side is probably waiting in the wind. You know, the, typically with basketball players, you know, where, where they have an Achilles tear on one side, then don't be surprised if that Achilles tear uh, on the other side happens. Um, it's very, it's not, I wouldn't say it's very common, but it's one of the things that's up there that you have to look for. You know, surgically repaired Achilles uh, will be a little stronger and it won't really re-tear. It won't be that, you know, but typically these guys have a significant increase in risk of tearing the other Achilles when they come back onto the on the field and that's why even though he's at 90 percent hpf with us right now his irc injury risk is 23 percent so you know he may it's the durability um but you know he could practice all he wants as you know the the movement and the intensity within the game will really really be much higher than practice and um there's a one and quarter chance that he's going to tear that other achilles Oh, come on, Doc. Don't one kill my vibe. That's that's brutal. One and a quarter percent. You heard it here. Let's let's hope not, Doc. <laughs> let's hope not. All right, Doc, we yeah. appreciate the time. Uh, good luck this weekend for whoever you're rooting for, and let's do it again next week in preparation of championship weekend. All right, guys, thanks a lot. I'll try to move to 2000s. Perfect. We'll take it on AOL Connection, hopefully. All right, when we come back, <laughs> I'll give more thoughts on Adam Gaze. Let's start with the phone lines. I want to talk some more football with you. Frank Stable, Greg Sussman, Fantasy BFFs. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today. Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the Fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Indeed knows finding the right hire takes time away from your business. Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job. More job seekers use Indeed than any other site, so there's no better place to find someone with the skills you're looking for. I needed someone with a master's in computer science and database experience. Plus, Indeed screener questions help you find your shortlist fast. Now I'm back to having just one job. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
Game Time Decisions. Davey. How you doing, fellas? What's up? Hey, what's thanks, up, Davey? Davey? How, you, how you doing, man? Where are you, where are you from, oh. Davey? Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm listening from Saskatoon today, and I've been listening to you guys for quite some time. First time caller, but you guys are very entertaining and uh, very pleasure to listen to each and every day. You guys are informative, and you guys just take it wire to wire, so to speak. Um, wow. First and very, very nice here. of you. There's the promo. There's the promo <laughs> for the show. Problem. Thank you very yeah, much. Thanks, Yang. <laughs> Cut it right now. <laughs> Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you like to wager on sports and never have and want to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually anytime during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways for you to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 and get a 100% bonus deposit match. Head on over and open your account right now at BetDSI and use the promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. Once again, the promo code is FNTSY101. We opened up the show talking about Adam Gaze, baby, being announced as the head coach of the New York Jets. And my buddy Russ pointed this out in regards to Adam Gaze and the Jets in general, that they go through these cycles where you basically you hire a GM, but you leave the coach. And then you have, eventually McCagney will get fired, and it won't be time to fire Gaze yet. And it's this annoying cycle that the Jets go through that we have seen before, where it's not concurrent. It's like, hire a GM, let him pick his coach. Like, I understand that McCagney's going to do his thing, and you had said that, hey, we're going to be doing this all over again in a couple of years. And maybe we will, but maybe they'll fire both of them at the same time. I just find it interesting. I just find it interesting that they can't just wipe the floor clean. I was talking to Martino earlier, who's a Jets fan, and I was giving McCagman a lot of crap, and he was defending him, not like wholeheartedly, not like balls to the wall defending him. I was like, listen, he made some shrewd trades, which is true. Some of his first-round draft picks have been good, which is true. But I just pointed out, and I stand by this, that the entire roster of the New York Jets is just barren with talent. There's nothing here. And he's been the GM now for a few seasons where, like, there should be more there. And there's not. And that scares me. And, like, at, we use the excuse for Gaze, or we, not we, but the Jets fans that, that support the Adam Gaze hire. Come you, join us, Greg. Use the excuse that, hey, he didn't have enough talent in Miami. He didn't have a quarterback. Well, he hopefully has a quarterback now, but there's still a talent. What here else do they have with the Jets? I go back to the quote from Jamal Adams after the final game of the season. He said, "We just don't have enough. We don't have enough dogs." Was the exact quote from Jamal Adams. We don't have enough talent. Now the Jets do have like a hundred million dollars in cap space this coming off season. McCagnan has missed more than he's hit. Agreed. In the draft. Agreed. And mind you, the draft is hard. After the first really or hard. second round, it's like everything's a toss-up. Total crap shoot. Really. Like, Leonard Williams has been overrated. What do you, what do you have, four sacks this year? That's what Martino was saying as well. Jamal Adams has been great. Yep. Darren Lee showed signs this year, and then he got suspended. Yep. Sam Darnold, 
looks like a promising young quarterback, and he made the trade up. I do find it interesting. Everything else, though, Hackenberg in the second round. Look at all the middle round stuff that he's done. When you started last year, he drafted Nathan Shepard, who was like a twenty-five-year-old Division two player. When you started the show, you were talking about this is the most important um, head coaching hire in Jets history, and they haven't had a franchise quarterback. since Joe Namath. And I find it interesting you say that because like, we've done this before with the Jets. We've had this exact conversation when Mark Sanchez was drafted, when Chad Pennington was drafted, when Christian Hackenberg was drafted. Over and over and over again, this is the most important hire in Jets history. They haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath. They've tried over and over and over again. And like, Darnold certainly showed signs in year one. You know, hopefully he can improve upon that in year two. I don't know. I hope so. For you. I do. Gregory Castillo in the chat says, draft a defensive tackle and trade Leonard Williams. The thing is, what do you get for Leonard Williams? And you're going to have to make that decision at some point because you're coming up to that point where you either either franchise tag the guy, give him a long-term deal, or you try and trade him away. I mean, that's what they did with Sheldon Richardson. Yep. They traded him away for a second-round pick. You're not going to get a second-round pick for Leonard Williams now, the way that he's played the past two years. Probably not. Be lucky if you get a third. And, you know, there is defensive linemen in this draft. If, you know, if Quentin Williams is there at three and, you know, they want to take him. It's like, how many, outside of Donald, how many years in a row have they taken a defensive player in the first round? I know it wasn't him, but, like, D. Milliner. Like, oh, gosh. It's been like, I don't know the last Jets player taking the, in the first I mean, round that was on offense. Dude, they're just a joke of a franchise. They're the laughing stock in the NFL, man. Like, the Cleveland Browns are on the up and up. They were the laughing stock. It's now the Jets. What did you think of and the um, Bengals? I put them in the same category. When Hugh Jackson is their coach, uh, according to Martino, uh, the last offensive line, uh, the offensive well, uh, the offensive line, the last offensive players of the Jets picked in the first round: Nick Mangold and Brickashaw Ferguson, who are yeah. both since retired. And that's when they built in the what, what the Dallas Cowboys are doing now. What did the Dallas Cowboys do for years? Draft offensive linemen. They get an adequate. Adequate quarterback in Dak Prescott. Say whatever you want about him. He's very polarizing. I would say he's at least average. Sure, sure. But you have a great running back in Zeke. You have a great offensive line. You have to build it from the inside out. You got to build the trenches, the offensive line. I, I read you Football Outsiders yesterday. Offensive line ratings. Yep. The Jets, 32nd in run blocking. What? They were pretty average in pass blocking. 18th in pass there blocking. There you go. <laughs> That's what we're holding on to, right? That's embarrassing, man. Only two teams do not have an NFL head coach right now. It's Cincinnati Bengals. And I would rather have Vic Fangio. Give me a defensive. Give me Chris Richard. Another defensive guy. I'll take him. We're doing so. Adam Gase was last on the list. But right who's going last. to develop, if you hire Vic Fangio or honestly, Chris I would put Adam high? Gase and Hugh Jackson in the same category. I don't think that's fair. I would have felt the same exact way if they hired Hugh Jackson. I don't think that's that fair. I feel about Adam Gase. It's not fair. How is it not you fair? You keep doing that. I don't think it's fair. He's done nothing. Hugh Jackson won like one game in two years. And what did he do before that? That's basically what Adam Gase is about to do. Didn't, did you, could you say that Hugh Jackson developed Andy Dalton? Would that get you excited? <laughs> Does that get you excited? I, yeah, I don't know. Not terrible. September Dalton? It's not terrible. Not terrible. Did you say that's more than Adam Gase Never done? won a big game in prime time. Is that more than Adam Gase has done? Probably. So you're sitting here laughing at me saying that they're the same guy. Hugh Jackson might have done more. He helped develop Andy Dalton for whatever that's worth. I just, for the people who are calling him, like, for the, for the writers who are saying that he can develop a quarterback, I just want evidence. Who did he develop? WBFF. 
New York Sports Talk Radio. You want to know who he developed? I'll give you the answer. He developed Peyton Manning, right? No. At 38 no, he, years no, old. No, no, no. He didn't develop Peyton Manning. He didn't develop Jay Cutler, who's in the middle of the screen. Oh, I know who you're about. Barack! Barack! Osweiler! Yeah, that's a great reason to sign uh, God, Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Adam Gase got Brock, Brock Osweiler, Osweiler beat the Bears. Millions of dollars. Miami. Beautiful. There great it is. Job. You know what? That could be your backup quarterback next year. Probably will be. I can't root for this team. So don't. I can't. So you're a Chargers fan officially now? Reese Lightning. Let's go Chargers. Hashtag bolt up. Tomorrow. The actual official hashtag is fight for each other. Not bolt up? No, it's not. It's mm, weird. Hashtag fight for each other. That's the Chargers. Let's go Chargers. That's my team. I told Florio that last night. He says, it was kind of a bad time to jump on the bandwagon because Phil Rivers is probably going to retire in a couple of years. I'm going to go back to being a Jets Well, yeah. Fan, I mean, yeah, I mean, then, you know, we'll go through, we'll go 1-31 in, in the next two seasons. It's not, you, it's not Will. It's, we, because, you, know, you know, I play. You, you're certainly, you certainly care, wide you certainly third care string, more than they do. Third string wide receiver for the New York Jets. And then they'll draft Trevor Lawrence, Greg. First overall pick. No, they'll give up on Sam Darnold. No, that's going to be what the Giants are doing. Please, please yeah, Everyone wants to do that. That's a legit spot for Miami to end up, though. For, for him to end up in Miami. Trevor like, Lawrence what are they going to do over years? the next two years? Yeah, they draft the quarterback this year. No, but they're going to rebuild. They can draft the quarterback this year. Even if they draft the quarterback this year, like this isn't a great quarterback class. No. And they're not in a position to get like Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. So they're going to end up with one of these. They're in a position to get Kyler Murray. That's not true. There's no lock that Kyler Murray's a first-round pick. Going to go number one overall to the not, Cardinals. No, no, no. That, that was a quote from three months ago. Before it was like real. Adam Schefter said it's not implausible. It's pretty implausible. It's pretty. Josh amazing. Rosen's gonna get traded to the Patriots for like a third and fourth round pick. Be cool, the Giants. And then he's and then, Honestly, and then he's gonna be the successor. Watch. I'd be down for the Giants it's all acquired. Gonna I'd be down for the Giants acquired Josh Rosen. <laughs> Why is that great? Because then you get like a quarterback and the running back from last year's draft. Like Josh Rosen, like maybe he's, you know he didn't have a good coaching staff. Are there any other reasons, Greg? No. All right. Absolutely not. <laughs> Giants were high on him last year. I think that'd be cool. Pat Shermer. Who'd you rather have, Pat Shermer or Adam Gaze? Honestly. Pat Shermer. Okay. Adam Gase. Lowest of the low. You want to talk about this mock draft we're doing, Greg? What do you want, man? Like eight minutes left in the show. It's up to you. I don't want to talk about Adam Gase anymore. I mean, whatever. Oh, not, all right. Not New York radio. Can I talk about some other coaching stuff then? Do you mind? Sure. I mean, is anything else happening? Oh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is going to interview a senior offensive uh, personnel to be on the offensive staff. Would you like to know who that is? Who? Ben McAdoo! Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what is he? What's his role? Uh, he'll just interview him for something on the staff. It hasn't come out what the role would be yet. But he's definitely going to get something? No, he's, oh, gonna he's just going to interview him. So, Todd Monken, by the way, for people who are wondering, was a finalist for the Jets position. That's cool. It sounded like he, it seemed like there was like four guys who were It sounded finalists. like they wanted... Um, Mike McCarthy, hit, Todd Monken, Matt Rule. It and, sounded like they wanted Matt Rule to be the head coach with Monken as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And Monken didn't want to do that. He Monken, wanted to bring guys from college. Rule didn't want to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rule wanted to do that. Yeah. So at that point, why didn't you just make Monken the head coach? You really want Monken that badly. That's a million-dollar question, Greg. Mm-hmm. Because, because they got a call from Peyton Manning, Greg. Peyton Manning. Papa John's. So I have to. I, I actually want to read you something. This is not, not football related, but I thought you find it interesting. I, we only have like five minutes left. So the big story this uh, this morning, we're just talking about random signings and whatnot. Was the Osmani Grandal right signed for eighteen and a half million dollars or so? Eighteen point. Was my final tweet before I signed off for the night. Eighteen mil. Tweeting about Osmani Grandal to the Brewers. Yes. So I have a source or a friend that a, a source of a source basically 
that said that the offer the Mets made that everyone's reporting for four for 60 wasn't, that, that, that's not true. They offered him uh, three for 35, which they turned down. And then this was obviously the next best offer that Grandel received. Um, and what did he get? It was like one for close to 20 million. Right? No, I believe it was like 18.25, something like that. It was close to 20. Not far off. Grandel. Not far off. I tweeted this out last night. Small sample size, uh, but his, his triple slash in 60 plate appearances in Miller Park, 296, 367, 556, four home runs, and 15 RBI. I've done no other rankings for baseball outside Besides catchers. Yeah. He's my sixth-ranked catcher, Greg. Does that sound accurate? Would you like to know who I have ahead of him? Sure, you want to know my catcher rankings? No, but you tell me anyway. Sure. Gary Sanchez is number one. JT Realmuto is number two. I wish I could know the rest if my if my computer would load. But you don't remember them? I don't I don't remember my catcher rankings by heart. Is it Tucker Barnard? I know he's just ahead of Wilson Contreras and Buster Posey. Would you rather have either one of those guys? No, I'd rather have Yasmani Grandal. Salvador Grindel. Perez number three, Wilson Ramos number four, Yadier Molina number five, Yasmani Grandal number six. I right behind him is Wilson Contreras and Buster Posey. I'd rather have Yasmani. I think Yasmani Grandal might be my third ranked catcher. To be honest with you, seems a little aggressive. Maybe and not really warranted. Well, yeah, he's. I believe he, he's consistently like a 220 to like 230 hitter. But he's hit 20 home runs in each of the last three seasons. So is Salvador Perez with a much better batting average. What was his batting average last year, Salvador Perez? Well, it was very bad. But it's, it's a three-year sample, is his three-year sample is better than Grandal's three-year sample. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I, he's more of like a 250 hitter. Which, I, that's if I were projecting Salvador Perez, I would project him for like 250. And projecting Yasmani Grandal, I'd probably put him in like the 230 range. Um, 20 points of batting average. Senator Perez's batting average drops to 235 last year, but did hit uh, match his career high of 27 home runs. Any DRBI actually, so he's very consistent. Yeah, all right, fine. So you got me. Perez third. I have Grandal fourth. Ahead of why, why would you have him against uh, ahead of Wilson Ramos? I like this. Wilson Ramos hit over 300 last year. I understand that. Very big from a catcher. From the catcher, I'd rather have the power than the average, personally. But he does a little bit of everything. Like Wilson Ramos is going to hit 17, 18 home runs. Yeah, put him in City Field. I don't. I don't really know. What I happens? Think, well, I don't think City Field is as bad as a hitter's it to, park. As it, I think it's closer to neutral now than anything. Is it? They've, they've pulled the, the fences in a little bit there. Last year they did that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like did, Wilson Ramos. That's I don't know. I, I've I, always kind of been a Wilson Ramos guy. I just think he's one guy now who's been a 20 home run guy each of the last three years. Now going to Miller Park, like, I'm really it's intrigued. Exciting. Yeah. But a guy like Yadier Molina, he's devalued every single year. Because well, you're so boring, right? But the thing with Grandal is you're just waiting for them to fall off the cliff. That's what it is. You're waiting... Not Grandal, sorry, Molina. You're waiting for him to fall off the cliff. But we've been waiting. Right, but, don't you, but wouldn't you rather be the year early than the year late? I guess. I mean, no, I think I think you make a solid argument for Grandal over, over Yachty. Okay. You just want to take the power mm-hmm. over, you know, sacrificing the batting average because Yachty or Molina said at least 260 since, like, I don't know, the past 12 years in his career. I looked it up, so... Actually, have that written. Here we go. With that, we'll start, we'll, 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 all right, you want to two sixty one average every season since two thousand six for Yadier Molina. It's great, so, very safe batting average. Very, very safe. Power has gone up the past couple years. He's kind of one of these guys who's bought into the launch angle revolution. That's cool. Everyone's buying in though. The launch angle revolution. It's like your next. Uh, we should make a, a baseball. You should have YouTube uh, first. Whatever wrestling. What's that called trio. Like NWO DX. What are they called? A stable. Mm. We should, we should make, like, a baseball stable. Oh, the launch, the angle, launch revolution. angle revolution. Fair enough. We're going to off YouTube now. <laughs> Greg doesn't like that. Coming up next, Fantasy World Frenzy, Chris Venture is out once again. Jim Day, Corey Parson will have you covered. Corey's back, so that's the good news. Um, and he'll be on the Frenzy coming up.
next. Uh, so like, like, subscribe, rate us, five stars, leave a comment, do everything that you can to support us because we really appreciate it. If you listen live on the radio, we go another minute and a, or two minutes uh, at this point. Uh, Frank, do you want to kind of put a bow on all this? I'm excited that we sparked a random catcher conversation. That's cool. That's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. Right mm. We should probably be talking about like the divisional games. Oh, well, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll break them down from yes. like, a betting perspective. We'll give you props DFS, again. DFS. Last week. Si- you- Make sure people sign up for our game. Well, here's the way it works. FanDuel is, if you've been in the contest, the FanDuel BFF contest, you're already in it. You just have to set your lineup. So you go down to like, if you're on the phone, you go to like on the bottom, there's a friends tab where you click on that and then you'll, you'll be able to see it. If you go on the website, it's actually on the top. So look at the friends tab. If you've been signed up for the BFF contest, you're already in it. You just have to set your lineup again. Uh, $5, 20-person contest, top three payout. I finished in second last week. Our guy Andre called in on Monday. Can you catch up? We'll see if I can catch up. He actually uh, challenged me to a head-to-head contest as well, so I'll have a little side action with him this week. Figure that out. Uh, but, yeah, we got props coming tomorrow, best bets, spreads, uh, DFS information, and we announced the frenzy. Sure. We'll be on the frenzy. We'll be on the frenzy. We'll be on the frenzy. Kind of like we did yesterday. We'll be on the frenzy. It'll be basically two hours of BFFs. Uh, Jim Day will join us uh, for our number two. Honorary BFF. Pretty much. Um, I want to leave you with this, Frankie. I want to leave you with this. I just got a text message from Doc Jock. Who says that... had Doc call in. Trevor Lawrence may be a more athletic version of Peyton Manning. And says Dwayne Haskins for you Giants fans out there. Maybe Byron Leftwich. All right. That's the way the show is going to end. Best friends forever. I could not think of a better way to end the show tonight. I really couldn't. Doc Jock. Nurse Greg. Nurse Greg. Adam Gage, the new head coach of the New York Jets. That's what we're looking for. Tomorrow, we preview all four games of the Divisional Weekend, my favorite weekend of football of the year. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Fantasy Football Frenzy's up next. We'll see you tomorrow, we hope. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.